We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number three of the VMNBA show. Your boy Lamb here, one half of the most dynamic podcasting backcourt in the whole fucking world. Right, Imp? Yo. Yes, that's uh, I, yo. At the, honestly, the first time you dropped that bar, I I kind of got I kind of caught a boner. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Me and Ippy here holding it down in the backcourt, and uh, I guess we could say, Tim, how would you describe yourself as a NBA player? I'm like Draymond Green. I'm like an undersized power forward. He's a glue guy. But I bang those bodies. You know what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, our first guest of the NBA show, our guy Tim, the HTK, the hot take kid. Yay, yay. We out here. (laughs) It's the NBA show time, baby. I'm hyped. I've been all about my NBA since the NFL is out, so I'm I'm ready to to talk some NBA. I miss it. Miss some hoop talk. Yo, Tim, for the people that... uh, might have not gotten a chance to listen to that MLB show this week. You and Boss have been holding it down with the baseball diamond. What were uh, give us some like main to- talking points from the MLB show, bro? Before we get going. So this week on the MLB show, we got uh, Manny Machado to the Padres. We give our thoughts on that. We also talk about Bryce Harper, and today he actually just had a second meeting with the Giants. So it looks like this week is going to be the week we talk about where we think he's going to end up, and we talk about uh, ten or seven, excuse me, other free agents. And where we think they're gonna uh, end up, and then we get into some uh, talk about spring training and things of that nature. You know, straight up baseball talk uh, about the free agency at the moment. Mm. Check mm-hmm. that out; it's out right now. Yeah. yeah, guys, definitely check that out. That is the uh, Tuesday episode that comes out bi-weekly. Tim and Boss hold it down. 
No one better, man. I hate giving Tim props because he's a fucking <laughs> asshole, but when it comes to baseball, man, the guy knows his shit, and I defer to him when it comes to that. With all that being said, guys, it's the hard top. Imp, are you ready? It's the black top. It's the hard top. It's all of that. It's the hardwood? It's the hardwood. I, yo, we, we both messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> Imp, give me uh, give me a – let's start off with some uh, – actually, you know what? Listener question. Yeah. You guys don't follow us on, on Twitter, at Veterans Minimum, cheap plug. Around a couple hours before we record the show, I hit the Twitter machine and I asked for a question. And this week's winner is Imp. I, I shady frozen envelope this question mm. because your boy is mentioned in this. Are you ready? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Shout out to at underscore E Breezy. Where does Jokic stand in MVP combo? One game out of first, one Nuggets player got to be considered. Yeah. Um, he's in the top five. Okay. Uh, that's kind of where I'd place him. I, and, and, and if I had to put a, a more specific number on it, you know, maybe he's somewhere between the three, four and five range. Um, but as it stands for me, you know, obviously, um, you know, you know, I don't want to go into you know MVP rankings right now, but definitely Giannis is first in my book. Uh, and then, you know, close kind of, you know, very close between Harden and, um, and and Paul George for two and three. And then I kind of think like Jokic is in that that third tier or the second tier, however you want to kind of place it. My, you know, look, the concern with Jokic is that he's a defensive liability, De- you know, down the line. Uh, you know, like you, Nick, you always love the crunch time, crunch, crunch time lineup, right? Like four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Like Jokic is going to be a liability on defense against some of these teams that can, you know, spread you out and and they, you know, and and, and they can switch and and he's and, and like I said, he'll just be a little bit of a liability on the defensive end. So, you know, I know we're talking regular season awards and he's been phenomenal. He's their point guard essentially, but you know, I have him in the top five, but towards the back half of the top five. That's fair, Tim. Where would you put Jokic on your list? If you know, just right off the top. I would I'd say Impy's got the right idea now. You know what it is when you got guys that are scoring thirty six points a game and guys that are on the first place Bucks and you got a guy like Kevin Durant. You know, like you're not going to be able to be to crack an MVP race unless your team is actually in first place, which the Nuggets are not right now. But in terms of Jokic, man, yo, I, I'm a, when I when you watch him play, it's so crazy because the fact that he brings the ball up so much and he's at the top of the key. It just throws off the entire defense. Like the yeah. entire defense don't know what the, doesn't know what the fuck to do. And yeah. I think it, it, it's so the key. The Nuggets, like they don't, they are not the same without him. So I think, like, I think he's the MVP of that team at least. The, and really quickly, the the thing that I love most about watching Gokic is the fact that he runs pick and rolls as the ball handler, as the center. Like they run two big man pick and rolls with like Plumlee and Jokic. It's kind of ridiculous to watch at times. You're just like, what's going on? This guy's seven foot, two hundred and fifty pounds. He kind of looks like a, a bodyguard or like a, a bouncer at a club at times, right? He just looks like a kind of big, doofy guy. A mad uh, European he, club. Sure, yeah, <laughs> he's at Europa. Uh, and like, and and he's just a, a sensational passer. He has great vision uh, and he can handle the ball really well. And like Tim said, when he grabs these boards, he's bringing the ball up. So he's such a unique player. And I just love the fact that he runs pick and rolls as the ball handler, as the center, where in, traditionally it's the center setting the pick and then, you know, making a move after. So he's just, you know, he's a he's he's very interesting and fun to watch. Yo, Tim, you bring up a great point, man, because I was watching the Thunder Nuggets game yesterday. It was on uh, it was on TNT and there was one play where he's bringing the ball up and it seemed like the defense for the Thunder had no idea what to do. They didn't know should it be Russ picking him up full court? Should it be Adams? And then 
before you know it, this guy's in the paint and he's laying up the ball. And yo, he's a he's a mismatch. Yo, Ip, another thing when they do the pick and pop with the guards, they'll run they'll they'll run a, a pick and roll and have Harris or like uh, Morris roll out. Mm-hmm. And what happens is the center's too slow to react to that. So yeah. these guys are getting wide open jump shots because it's such a different dynamic with the Nuggets. Yo, yeah. this team, man, uh, there's a roadmap for them to be, be like a, a Western Conference Finals team. They have a team that in the past, like there was one game a couple years ago against the Warriors, that, that 73-win team where they, they shot like 25 of 40 from the three. Like they got shooters, man, and it's a tough place to play when you're playing in Maha High. So this is a team that is, is going to make some noise. But, yo, you guys are right. I would put them top five for sure, but closer to five than to number one. That's another thing, man. He's got that advantage because they're so high up in the air, and that team is built to run, and he can outrun any center in the league. Yeah, and they're, uh, they're a team which, you know, lately Isaiah Thomas is getting slowly put back into the mix, but my my biggest concern is him because I love the, the backcourt, but like, with, like, Barton, Murray, Harris – so uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to work him in. But that's for another time. Shout out to E Breezy. If you guys want to get your questions in every Wednesday in the afternoon, tune into that Twitter, man. And, you know, listen, uh, if you guys sign up to Patreon, send some money over. Maybe we could frozen envelope that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, guys, let's get into uh, a little segment we call Shoot Around. This is us just bouncing around the NBA, talking about some storylines that we want to talk about. Tim, you are our guest. Start us off, man. Let's get it popping. What's uh, what's caught your attention the last week in the NBA? Really what's caught my attention the most is because probably I've been arguing with people on Twitter about this for like the last four days. I think it's um, I think it's the, the LeBron haters coming out of the woodwork, man. Like, yeah, I, I know. They've been losing to teams. They've been losing badly. LeBron's not playing help defense. But at the end of the day, the dude's still playing 40 minutes. The other night he played 40 minutes against Memphis. He put a triple-double down. And that team is just not constructed correctly. And I think a lot of people just don't realize like, Hey, Lonzo pulls out the lineup and that's, that's a big deal. Right. Yeah. So there's no real point guard in the, in the game at the moment. So it's like, all right, does so we put all this on LeBron and everyone is taking this opportunity to fuss to say like, I told you LeBron will never be as good as Jordan. I told you that he's a, a, a poser and a faker and he's, he don't got the blood of a champion. All this bullshit because of a bad run of five games. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Haters, get the fuck out of here. I, I, Tim, I'm really glad that you bring up Lonzo Ball because I've been on the record, you know, a couple times over the past, you know, few weeks saying that the Lakers team is so much better defensively when Lonzo plays. I think they go from, I think they're probably in the mid 20s. I think they're somewhere like 25 to 27, which is, you know, towards the bottom half of the league where they jump to the top 10 in defense when Lonzo Ball's on the court. So it's night and day uh, what he does uh, on the defensive end. And then, you know, to be frank, uh, you know, LeBron missed a quarter of the season. And mm-hmm. so when your best player is gone for 25% of the season, um, you know, you ha- you still have to work these kinks out. And like Tim it's, and like Tim said, this team is constructed with all due respect, I think, you know, incorrectly. There weren't enough shooters to begin with. Brandon Ingram's kind of, kind of playing point guard right now, although he has been playing well lately. Um, you know, I agree with Tim. The team isn't constructed well. They've been injured. I'd slow my roll because the last time LeBron wasn't in the playoffs, we were all using flip phones. So um, <laughs> let's just, you know, let's just calm it down. And look, even if, like, even if they make the playoffs of the eight seed, you know, get swept by the Warriors and, or maybe sneak one out. So I'm not, you know, I've kind of don't have any eggs in this season's basket for the Lakers. You know, obviously we're all looking towards next year, but I agree with you. All this LeBron hate is definitely, you know, a little too much in my opinion. 
All right, so the reason why there's LeBron hate is people do not like how he reacts to his teammates when it's his guy that's scoring and he does the the Eli Manning, oh, shucks. It's like, yo, where were you on this? You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing, man, and this is why, you know, Tim, I'm glad you're on this episode. It's kind of going to be a shot at you. It's why I think it's a lazy argument when people say that LeBron James is the MVP in the league every year because he's done this many times. This isn't something new. Yo, this guy shuts it down six, seven weeks throughout the year, whether it's injury. Well, this year is the only time where it's injured, but it's like, yo, he goes on these stretches where he don't want to play defense. He'll show up in, in like a 10-game stretch. He's like, yo, you know what? Oh, shit. We're playing the Rockets tonight. I'm going to D up. But he don't D up against the Pelicans, the Knicks, the Magic, and the Pistons. He don't care. Yo, he's been doing this for three, four years. You remember Impy last year? The numbers were like, yo, the Cavs are like the 29th worst team. Only the Lakers are worse in like defensive efficiency. It's like, dude, he does this all the time. This isn't new if you watch LeBron. He yeah. don't care. That's what it's come down to. He don't care. The The Warriors don't care. The the Tim Duncan Spurs didn't care about the regular season. Their whole shit is, yo, I'm going to get in and then I'm going to make noise. Yeah. Here's my only concern. Right now, at the time we're recording, is they're 29 and 30, guys. They're below 500. They need to go like 16 and 6, 16 and 5 to get the 44, 45 wins, which I think is going to be the eighth seed in the West. So... Nick, it's funny you mentioned schedule because the next four to five games, I think, the Lakers have. Maybe you can pull it up. I don't have it in front of me. But the next four to five games the Lakers have are fairly winnable. I, there's one really great team mixed in, but there's the I think there's like the Pelicans and the Suns. And there's a lot, a lot of winnable games over the next four to five. But then you kind of, you know, you know, if you know, fast forward to like, you know, the the tail end of the season their schedule gets very very difficult so if you ask me the next kind of you know the next two weeks in my opinion are going to make or break the Lakers which makes you know watching these games actually even more exciting because it kind of feels like it's there's like a playoff vibe to them because of how do or die it is right now one thing about one thing about that going to what Nick said with with that here's the thing nine straight years LeBron James has been in the finals right he has basically represented the Eastern Conference for the last nine years. So you have to, you, you get used to things sometimes. And when you are playing every game and you are playing all-star games and you're playing in the Olympics and you're playing all these games and you've been doing it since you're 13 years old, playing against the highest of competition, and now you are in this position, you, you shouldn't play defense against the fucking Grizzlies. Like, honestly, like, all these, all these, all these mixtapes of LeBron's bad defense against the Grizzlies are all help defense. It's not like he got cooked by the dude he was guarding. Like, other guys on his team got beat, and then LeBron couldn't recover. Like, you can't ask LeBron to do everything. He put in a triple-double, and he, and he played 40 minutes. You can't ask him to play help defense every minute. And there's going to be a lot of people saying, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. This, this isn't 2K, bro. Like, he's a human being. Yeah. He's a human being. Yo, prior to his injury, yo, if you if you go like uh, per 100 possessions, they were outscoring teams by three points per game. And also, like, they were on pace to win 48, 49 wins. Until, until he went down and Lonzo went down. Yeah. You know, they're 6-12 and 12 without LeBron. So it's like, look, man, this is, yo, this is what you get. LeBron's been doing this all the time. Anytime he goes to a new place or anywhere he goes, like, he runs shit. And yeah. you're going to have to deal with it because, you know what, man, he wins. 
And yeah. he drives revving you up. He doubles the value of your franchise. Even the Lakers, their value has gone up since LeBron went there. Because look, last five years, man, I tweeted this out and it kind of got a lot of buzz. It's like 27, 21, 17, 21 wins a season for the Lakers. So, you know, you just got to – this is this is LeBron's MO. This is what he's yeah. been the last couple of years, man. He doesn't play defense all the time. Nick, let me ask you a question. You're, you're an odds maker, uh-huh. right? Let's uh, pretend you're an odds maker. You're, you're good with the odds. I trust your odds making abilities. What are the odds that the Lakers make the playoffs right now? I mean, look, I'm going to cheat a little bit, but, you know, because I'm an honest man, Imp, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're, uh, you can actually get plus money on them to make the playoffs right now. Vegas is not high on them making the playoffs. It's like plus 250, plus 300. So if we're going on history and banking on LeBron getting there, right? A video was going viral today of him just like high-fiving people that shoot around and like doing alley-oops and shit. So it's like, you know, his spirits are up. But, Imp, you know, I pulled up this schedule, man, and... Was I right or was I right? Uh, look, you got the Pelicans again, then you got the Bucks, then you got the Suns, Clippers, then you got Nuggets, Celtics... Raptors, Bulls. So it's like you got some big teams and then you got some bottom feeders. Yeah. Um, I want to dive into Houston. Okay. So, you know, I didn't do much this weekend. You know, I laid low. You know, put the TV on. I noticed Golden State was playing Houston. You know, then I, then I realized James Harden wasn't playing. And I made some text messages. I was like, shit, I don't want to watch this game. And I wound up staying home and I watched. And boy, did Chris Paul put on a show. Um, look, I think he had 10 assists with five minutes to go in the, in the second quarter. So over 10 assists, probably by halftime. Um, and that's with, you know, that's with, that's without James Harden. They look damn good. Um, what I loved is that when Chris Paul is healthy, he can still take over games. And you clearly saw that. Um, so I'm, you know, I've been on the record saying that Houston is still the toughest matchup for Golden State in the playoffs. Um, and look, you put uh, Chris Paul and Clint Capella in pick and roll situations against Boogie Cousins, against the Warriors, and it's going to be tough for them. And so that's one thing that, that Golden State's going to have to work on because they did it without James Harden and they played very, very, very well. So I was, and look, granted, this is like what four or five days ago already. You know, you know, they probably didn't even look as good earlier in the week, but still, I'm just impressed with how great Chris Paul looked. Um, and, and I still think Houston's definitely the toughest competition that Golden State has going into the playoffs. They aren't as good as they were last year, Houston, but they're definitely not as bad as we thought they were this year. And that's kind of where I have them pegged right now. Hey, man. I, I, uh, sorry, I think that uh, the Houston team is a lot more fun to watch when Chris Paul's on the floor. And that includes with James Harden. James Harden at this point, you know how I feel about him, most people that listen to VM, but... He's kind of winning me over with Chris Paul on the court. I like I like that uh, the dynamic that they could have and that we saw them have last year. Yo, my one concern, my one concern is this: there's about 25 games left for them to make it to the finals. You need 50 games of Chris Paul. Can you get that? If you think he can, he can stay healthy, I mean, hopefully they can. You know pick up some ground in the West, kind of figure out where they're going to be cemented, and then, you know, hopefully have an opportunity to potentially rest some guys down the stretch late. Um, I'm just not sure if that's going to be, you know, f- uh, you know, 
feasible considering how you know how deep the western conference is with the, the you know the denvers of the world and and, and the utah jazzes of the world and, and and so on so it's tough but i think so considering he you know he didn't play much at the beginning of the season whether it was injury or suspension so i think you know i think he he's you know he's fresh going forward considering he didn't play much earlier on yeah that's fair he did miss a a chunk of the season that's why harden went on that ridiculous run that he went on. I'd rather, uh, I'd rather him miss early than late. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure the Rockets do, too. They extended him for $164 million in the summer. <laughs> and one of the main reasons why you did that is because you hope he's playing in the Western Conference Finals. So, let's see. I wonder see. when the last time Chris Paul is Chris Paul has played 50 games in a row. I wonder when the last time, well, last time that happened was. I Honestly, man, I, I want to say... Yeah, you know what? Last year they were resting him a lot. They were doing pretty well in managing his minutes, and that's also why Harden won MVP because like he was just carrying the load. Even you know pretty much what he was doing when Paul was out th- earlier this year. Um, all right, for me, my biggest uh, takeaway from the shoot around is, yo man, you need to not give up on lottery picks, especially when they're twenty three years old, twenty two years old. I mean, yo. D'Angelo Russell is coming off a 40-point spot this last game out. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, ever since Jimmy Butler got shipped out of town, he's averaging like 31 and 14. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's and he survived the, the car accident. And a car accident. Yeah, the car accident was crazy, dude. He what? came out and he said that, yo, it was like a 5% chance of him living or some shit. It was nuts. That's the type of shit, not, not, to, not to be like super like a dick about it, but that's the type of shit that – Makes people wake the fuck up. And one of the things about him was, oh, yeah, he plays too many video games. He doesn't want to win enough. You go through that shit, and all of a sudden, maybe you, you're reborn a little bit. Yeah, man, I completely forgot about the accident. But, yeah, that's a good point, Tim, for sure. There's, it's like a you get like a rude awakening, man. You know, I want right. to, you know, uh, John Collins over in Atlanta. It seems like if him and Trey Young, especially if Trey Young could be, you know, he's coming off a 8 or 12 performance from three. But, yeah. like, yo, you know, you, you look at some of these teams, man, it's like, yo, I've been saying this for years. I would sign up. That's why I was hyped when the Knicks got, like, Moutier, when the Knicks got, like, Dennis Smith Jr. Because I'm like, dude, these kids are 19, 20 years old. They're lottery picks for a reason. Why am I giving up on them? Last night, Henry Ellenson, who was a Pistons lottery pick uh, from Marquette, I think he went, like, 13 and 10 off the bench in, like, 20-something minutes. They just signed this guy. Talk about a team that's the Knicks. Talk about a team that will literally take any any lottery pick that didn't work out. Uh, Trey Burke, um, uh, Moutier, uh, now Ellenson. Uh, the list goes on. So I, I agree. I, I like it. Like if if your team is is not super competitive, right? Why not? You know, why not see what you got in some of these guys that were maybe you know weren't in the right situations. We know that we know that it, this is super prevalent in the NFL, right? You could be a talented quarterback, but if you're put in the wrong situation, you're doomed, right? Look at Jared Goff as a prime example of that. So I think, you know, some of these teams in the NBA are kind of, you know, thinking similarly. So I like it. This segment, uh, me and Epi were going back and forth talking about uh, the name of it, but I want to keep it a little New York. You know what I'm (laughs) saying, Tim? So this segment, we're going to call this one, Yo, Deadass. Yo. All right. So what... Each of us have a couple of topics lined up and a couple of bars. And we're going to say, yo, dead ass, this is why this is going to happen or this is why this isn't going to happen. Imp, start us off. Give us a yo, dead ass. Yo, dead ass, the Spurs may not make the playoffs. Ooh, okay. Yeah. 
All right, yo, so they're falling in the Western Conference standings. Um, and, I, you know, it's it's hard to kind of – I'll be honest. It's hard, it's hard to stay up and watch some of the Western Conference games every night. But I didn't know that they have one of the worst defenses in the league. I did not know that. And, look, when you, when you talk about a Spurs team led by Popovich, they hit a skid, they hit a rough patch, and they typically bounce back and kind of, you know, business as usual, and they kind of are breezing through. That's not the case for the Spurs this season. They're struggling. Um, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's kind of ugly. They lost to the Knicks. They lost to the Nets. It's not good. Um, and so I'm, 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 I'm curious to see how they kind of finish the season because look, I think right now they're the eight seed. Um, they have a great home record and they're terrible on the road. So something's got to give there, but look on average, and this will, this is, this will kind of play into like the Lakers talk too. Look, I did some numbers crunching on average over the last five years. You need to win about 45 games in the Western Conference to clinch the eight seed. On average, 45 games. So, regardless of which team you think, you know, you got to get to that 45 game number. That's why I mentioned the Lakers had to go like 16 and 5, 17 and 4 to make the eight seed because that's been the history of the league in the West the last like handful of years. You need 44, 45 wins. Yeah, some some years it's forty five, some years it's four, I think it was like four, five, three, four years ago. It was like forty nine wins got you the eight mm-hmm. seed. Yeah, the and Suns then, missed the playoffs that year. I remember they had like they were on the precipice of fifty wins. Yeah, so Crazy. it's it, like I said, on average it's forty five wins, and I don't really know if the, if the Spurs are going to get there, especially considering if you know I'm a big king, I'm I'm high on the Kings, and then they have a really easy schedule going forward. I think it's like third easiest schedule in the league going forward and they've had the third toughest schedule already um heading into you know heading into the home stretch so it's a couple really good teams you know coming up the rear um so i I, i'm i'm concerned for the spurs and yo you know what man like fuck i'm gonna see the spurs against the warriors and they're gonna get swept like give me the kings give me a team that got nothing to lose right i guarantee you they'll be down 2-0 they'll go back to sacramento and i'm gonna hit up NBA. i'm gonna be like yo we should go to FanDuel and lay some money down because my favorite spot to target, man. A team down 2-0 coming home. That first half, Tim, team is riled up. They're motivated. It's it's winner take all in that situation. And the team comes out guns blazing. And, yo, Sacramento hasn't had a playoff in, what, Stojakovic was on the team, Imp? I was yeah. going to say, like, like uh, it's been a while. Chris, Chris Webber, Vladi Divac, Doug Christie, Mike Bibby era. It's it's been a long time, man, and you know why not give me a team like the Kings in the A spot going up against the Warriors, yo? I hope the Spurs fizzle out. I don't want to see the Spurs in there, so I'm hoping you're right on your dead ass, Tim. Give us yeah. your dead ass, yo, dead ass. The Greek freak is not only the MVP of the NBA this year; he's the second best player in the NBA overall, besides LeBron James. Let me give it to you straight. 27, 13, and 6 speaks for itself, but we're going to ignore that for right now, right? His team, the Bucks, have the best record in the NBA, and he's doing it with guys in a year, in a league where everyone's like, come play with me, superstars, superstars. The best player on his team is Chris Middleton. That's not named Gianni Santatacupo, right? So Chris Middleton's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's all-star, good. all-star. He's an all-star. all-star. He's good, decent guy, but he's no superstar. And... When you got guys like Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, now Miritich, right? They're solid, but they're not stars. He makes these players better. At the time of the trade to get Miritich, the Bucks were the number one team in the NBA in catch-and-shoot threes, and Miritich is number three in the NBA in doing that. So they are giving their strengths around Yanni and making them even better. Not only that, shout-out to Impey, uh, they are coached. 
so well. That team spreads the floor. So they're always so spaced out so Yanni can move the ball and he can get to the basket or to shoot. He's a leader. He has said multiple times that he wants to stay and that he wants to be in Milwaukee. He also said, fuck these workouts in the offseason with these guys that I'm competing against. I'm a lone wolf out here. Ella, that's the Greek in him, baby. MVP, Yannis. Yeah. Yeah, yo. Look, uh, Impy. Impy, you there, bro? Yeah, I'm right here, man. Yo, wow, you need up? to, like, rot in hell, son, once again. <laughs> oh, shit. Yo, we could be making so much money with this kid, Tim. <laughs> we, could be out the, we could be out the hood, man. We're not even from the hood, but, like, you know, just the expression. He called yeah. Pat Mahomes. He called the Chiefs. He called Budenhoser. You know, he was all in on the Nuggets. It's like, yo, not one bet, son. Come on, Impy. Yeah, next year's a different story, I'll tell you. I promise. And that's when you're going to go, like, 0 for 12. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> Keep it rolling. No, I, Tim, I agree with you. Ever since the Harden streak ended, um, I think it's Giannis's award to win. Um, like you said, you know, with all due respect to Chris Middleton, he's an all-star, but he wouldn't be an all-star in the Western Conference, right? Like, let's just call the spade a spade. He's a, you know, I, I'd, I'd say he's better than decent, obviously. I think he's a really good player, but he's no, you know, he's no, like you said, he's no superstar star. So, the fact that he's, you know, and, and, and Budenholzer, I said it earlier on when we previewed the season, no one, no one gets more out of less than Mike Budenholzer. Those were my words exactly. Uh, and it kind of pre, you know, speaks to exactly what you said. Brooke Lopez is, is shooting at a crazy clip. They bring over Miritich, uh, you know, Middleton and the gang. So <clears throat> love the Bucks, Love what Giannis is doing. And, and, and thank you for the love. Yeah, Budenholzer is a tremendous coach. He figured it out. He knows what to do. And yeah, I'm going to – I'm going to stay with this theme of uh, showing love to the Bucks, because, yo, dead ass, Miritich, pick up of the trade deadline. You talk about the catch and shoot. He's top five in the NBA. Tim, I think it was three that you said, right? Top three, somewhere in there. Top three. Oh, top five, you know. And uh, one thing from watching the Bucks games, man, crunch time he's out there. Imp, you know how I get a, I get a hard on for this. Uh, crunch time I, lineup. I envision that team, you know, because, yo, that's really what it is. How, how many people – you know that our casual NBA fans, guys, that turn to you and they're like, ah, the game don't matter till the last five minutes. So that's who I want to see that's out on the floor. And one thing that I've noticed with Giannis, it's like, yo, they're already feeding him big shots. Look, and, and it's a quickly kind of piggyback off of what you're saying. You're right with the whole crunch time lineup. Like, look, when it comes to the playoffs, you run about seven, eight-man lineups. Not mm -hmm. seven. I'd say you run closer to eight-man lineups in the playoffs. So – you know, I, I, I'm with you where when you're when you kind of really care about what you're going to have down the stretch, like this playoff, this game, you know, this game seven, game six, four minutes to go tie score, like who's in the game. I, I agree with you, because at the end of the day, those lineups, those those minutes, those rotations shrink tremendously when the playoffs come. So I agree. That's a great point. Do you know and do you know that the spacing of the floor that Budenholzer allows it allows Yanni to be on single teams a lot more than usual. And I wonder if this team makes it to the finals. Can they give the Warriors a run for their money? Like, I really think that they they could because of the exact way they play and the fact that you can't double-team Yanni's. And when and when you do, there's so many shooters on the outside. Yeah. So I, and they're and they're big shooters too. Well, that's what I love about the Bucks is not right. only are they have tons of shooters, but they have tons of what tons of what I like to call stretch bigs, fours and fives that can spread the floor and shoot. So that paint ain't clogged. You know, it's easy to have shooters at the one through three, but it's not easy to have shooters at the four and the five. And that's what the Bucks have. Yo, dead ass. These Knicks young bucks got to keep playing Fortnite, son. <laughs> 
Because more Fortnite means more chances of getting Zion in that number one pick. Here's the thing. Dave Fisdale, our coach, embracing the tank, embracing the movement, came out and said, yo, one of the reasons why we were like 1-26 in, in our last 27 games is a lot of these young guys, man, they're playing too much Fortnite, too much Tilted Towers and Pleasant Park, imp. Yo. You know what I'm saying, Tim? Tim, I know you teach these kids, man. They must be doing those dances all the time. It's all, all Fortnite. Day. All day, every day. So, yo, look, uh, all jokes aside, man, wh whatever it takes to be the top pick, uh, get it. And if it means playing more Fortnite, like David Fisdale said, let's do it. Let's keep on playing Fortnite, baby. Problem is the Knicks have won three out of the last four. Yes. Yes, <laughs> because Dennis Smith Jr. is going to cost us the top pick because he's balling out. Another guy, too, and I, I, this is my next guy, so let me just piggyback right off this. Yo, deadass, Mitchell Robinson is going to lead the league in blocks next season. And he is one of the better young stars that no one knows about. Listen mm -hmm. to this. He is currently third in the league in blocks per game with 2.29. That's less than half a block less than Miles Turner, who leads it, and AD, who's in between, right? But he's ranked 46th out of the 50 shot blockers that are on the top 50 shot blockers in minutes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he's playing the 46th least minutes, and he's third in blocks. The other day he had this pump fake block where there was a pump fake. He jumped, landed, jumped again, and threw a three-pointer into the fucking third row. Uh, in his last his last game, he had six six blocks, four of them at the three point line. There was at one point where Aaron Gordon took a three, he blocked him. Aaron Gordon got the ball back, drove to the lane, he blocked him on the drive. This is Aaron Gordon. This is not a fucking scrub. This is a guy who gets to the rack, and he did that to him, and yeah. he blocked him on the three point line. Yo, the last two games. Uh, first of all, I'm sorry. He's had he led a comeback of 16 against the Magic, and he was off the bench in his last few games this month. 10.9 points. 8.9 rebounds, 3.3 blocks this month. With DeAndre Jordan out in the, last sec in the last two games, he has been on a tear. He's only the third rookie in the last 25 years with two straight double-doubles with five blocks. The other two, Tim Duncan and Yao Ming. Maybe you heard of those two guys. <laughs> Mitchell Robinson, is, if, if Kyrie and Kevin Durant somehow make their way over to New York, the first name out of everyone's mouth next year is going to be Mitchell Robinson because he's going to be the guy getting all the highlight plays while these guys are winning games. Listen, yo, dead ass, Mitchell Robinson is going to be a superstar. I'm kind Woo! of just like going even further at this point. Uh, Tim, I have a, a similar stat to you. So, guys, bear with me here. But So, Mitch has tallied uh, over the past two games 32 points, 28 rebounds, 11 blocks while shooting 11 of 18 from the floor. 10 of 13 from the free throw line. It's not easy for a young big man to shoot free throws, and he's hitting at a really high clip uh, because he comes down with some offensive boards, gets fouled, things like that. Seventh rookie in the last 30 years to, to record a double-double and five blocks in back-to-back -back games. You know who the other six are? Ready for this? Ready? David Robinson, Dekebi Mutombo, Shaquille O'Neal, Alonzo Morton, Tim Duncan, Yao Ming. That is... That's so, some company. That's some company. So excuse me, you know, if I gotta tuck my boner, you know, you know, into my pants line, but you know, I really don't have much else to say other than I'm really, really excited about Mitchell Robinson. I think he's gonna be a superstar. Yo, why can't we get lucky for once with a second round pick? Right? Nothing nothing lucky about it either. That's just a good draft pick, bro. 
that is, yeah. And yo, I, if Boss was here, if Boss was here, he'd be screaming at the top of his lungs because I remember on draft day when we got Mitchell Robinson, and obviously I'm a Knicks fan, so I say we when I refer to my favorite team. Thank you very much. Boss was like, yo, this dude was a first round talent. It's just that he had some shit going on. Yeah, he didn't he play college. He didn't play college ball. He didn't play, he he didn't didn't play college ball at all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he uh, was a top high school All American. He was like yep. a big name coming out. So, yeah, man, yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's build, let's build. It's been it's been a rough, it's been a rough I, decade. Uh, I got and, my I, I got my last yo dead ass. Hit us with it, yo dead ass. I think Trey Young is gonna close the gap in the Rookie of the Year award uh, in the last quarter of the season. All right, um, show's over. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying he. Tim's choking over there. I'm, look, I'm not saying he's gonna win the award. I'm just saying he's going to close the gap. Two, three weeks ago, it was Luka Doncic's award unanimously, right? Una- yeah, uh, it was unanimous yeah. Luka Doncic. For sure. Over the, over the past few weeks, and I'm telling you, going into the end of the season, Trey Young is going to get some votes. Uh, if you ask me, he showed some Steph Curry-like flashes the other day. Nick mentioned it, 8 of 12 from 3. Uh, he hit one from the logo. Uh, and that's what he was doing in college, and now he's doing that in the NBA. Uh, and so I'm really kind of impressed, and, I, and, and I'm really happy to see that. Um, what was it? I think he finished with 35 points in that game. Uh, he and John Collins have meshed really, really well. Um, and look, as a Hawks fan, I can understand the um, – I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but I can understand the the, the, the disbelief or, or, or being down in the dumps that, you know, you traded away the pick that was Luka Doncic, but – I think that, you know, watching Trey over the past few games, you know, should make you feel a little bit better. So he'll close that gap. Uh, I will say that um, if you look, the comparisons to Steph Curry are kind of outrageous. And here's why. Because Steph Curry is like one of the best players of all time. Absolutely changed the game at the point guard position. Now you need to have a point guard that can hit threes at a high percentage like Steph Curry. But here's the thing. If you go back to Steph Curry's rookie season, fellas, he started to show the flashes of the player he is now towards like the last 20, 25 games of the year where it's like, yo, so these guys are so young. You got to remember these. He's a teenager, yo. It's going to take time for your body to adjust to playing against men and the grind of being in one city. Like, yo, we forget like these dudes, they land in cities at five, six in the morning. Like it's a hard adjustment, and now you're seeing he's coming out and he's taking more of the reins. Him and Collins, that one-two punch. That's a nice core going forward, man. If you're the Hawks, if you're the Hawks, you should be hyped. Both show that they could be cornerstone pieces of your franchise. Sure, you gave up Luka. That's fine. But if he turns out to be an all-star Trey Young, whatever. It happens. It's not like you traded him away and he became fucking Sam Bowie. Yeah, and, and, I, think, and I think also the Hawks get the – Mavs first round pick this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, they they did. It's just that they swapped out, and and the, yeah, basically what like the Jets did with the with the Colts. Yeah, but look, with all due respect, you know, I don't think the Mavs are going to make the playoffs, and I don't I don't see them, you know, finishing the season as as well as they started. So now, you know, that pick that was what could have been maybe, you know, 18, 16, 15 could now maybe be close to a top twelve pick. Yeah. Or so so. You know, look, Luka Doncic is sensational. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But the idea that if you get Trey Young, who becomes an all-star, and then you get to kind of, you know, make another pick in the first round this year, you know, maybe two is better than one in this scenario. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying it's a way to think about it. The Hawks GM is actually on the record as saying, hey, 
you know, we were going to keep Luca. We were ready to go forward with Luca, but we found it beneficial to us to have two young assets rather than one. So when the Mavericks came to them and they basically knew that the Mavericks, even with Luca, weren't going to be able to make or sniff the playoffs this year, really, what they did was they they pulled the, the trigger on that trade. But they said if if a team other than the Maver- Mavericks, who really no one else could can offer that type of guarantee plus a player like Trey Young, mm-hmm. like any other team, they would have went forward with Luka. Yeah. Tim, give us your last uh, yo dead ass. This one's a little playful, but I'm going to be out here. Yo, dead ass. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go serious. Yo, dead ass. Kyrie got to get his shit together, bro. Mm. Yo, 0-5 in his last five, in their last five of Kyrie of the Celtics, 6-0 without him. Yeah, and, and, and do you know what's crazy, man? That his teammates, that what the quotes coming out of Boston are kind of ridiculous. Marcus Smart said, we're just not together, not together at all. Last couple of years, we were together. We've become stronger, but we're not there yet. That's a clear shot at Kyrie, if you're asking me. When he says, last couple of years we've been together, and this year we're not. Kyrie, on the other hand, was asked a question about Brad Johnson. I mean, Brad Stevens saying that they needed to, um, oh, my first name fuck up. You know, it had to come. But, um, with Brad Stevens saying, hey, these guys got to take defense a little more clearly. And the reporter asked, Brad talked about defensive guys have been taking shortcuts. So do you see that? And so do you see that? And how do you fix things? And Kyrie goes, I don't know. That's up to Brad. Then you got this thing where he's telling Kevin Durant on the sideline, two max deals or whatever he was saying. And, and yo, he he's not handling the heat well. And mm-hmm. I gave KD shit for this last week. Uh, two weeks ago, and I got to give Kyrie shit for this too because he's not handling the heat well, and it's having a, it's having an effect on his teammates. And if you're looking at that, at like the pecking order over there, like, is he even necessarily going to resign? I don't think he does. So if he doesn't get his shit together, and the Celtics don't get their shit together, now they're the fifth seed, and they're going to make the playoffs and all that. But if they don't get their shit together, man, it could be it could be a short playoffs, especially with the Pacers playing their heart out, even without Oladipo, fifteen and ten without him. So it's let, we'll see. Yeah, Tim, I don't know if you caught it, but Impy almost made me fucking put my head through a wall last week when he had the paces in his top ten power rankings. Right now, you can't you can't you can't dis- you can't disagree with what I'm saying right now. And I said, look, if you ask me that question three weeks from now, four weeks from now, Pacers probably won't be hanging around. But as of now, they won't go away. The Pacers right now are like 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 a fly, right? That's buzzing around your room. And, and, and you can't fucking get rid of them, right? It's like they're just – they're just they're staying. They're playing tough. They're playing hard. I'm on the record saying Miles Turner could be the defensive player of the year. Sabonis could be the most improved player of the year. Uh, it, so it's – it's it, they're a fun team. They play hard. Um, and, yeah, they, they're not going away. So as of now, they're still in my top ten. I don't care what you got to say, fam. <laughs> yeah, touche, there was a Touche. There was a cool um stat. I'm trying to pull it up now. But – it it goes oh there you go they've had seven players in double figures twelve times they're eleven and one in games where at least seven players are in double figures that's how you know you're playing real team ball right there yeah, yeah man because yo when you're when you're on a team like that and you don't you know you lose all the, I, I wish he was healthy man he he's been fun to watch ever since he got to Indiana and that team just rallies around him and the city does too but yeah. the thing with this team yo think about it when you're playing at the park right guys it's really simple you're playing at the park. And, like, you're playing D, and then the that one dude is giving you the rock, too, to get your buckets also. It's like, yo, you know, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to play defense now, too. But when you're playing that hardened ball that Tim was, like, taking shots at a couple weeks ago, it's like, yo, why am I going to bust my ass on D just so you can reap all the rewards on offense? It's like, 
But when you're playing team ball and everyone's involved, it's like, all right, you know what, man? I'm a hustle on defense. And this team would have been interesting if Oladipo was healthy because I think then you could have had six teams maybe with a realistic chance of getting to the Eastern Conference Finals as opposed to now maybe four or five. Yeah. All right. My last one, and it's a team that we kind of talked about before, but uh, I saved it because I wanted to show this guy some love. And shout out to Daryl Morey and the Houston Rockets. They seem to find these, like, seventh, eighth guys off the bench that people have ridden off, and now they just get them. And this guy's coming off a monster performance against the Golden State Warriors on Saturday. Yo, Kenneth Reed, the manimal is back. Yo, let's not forget, fellas, this is a guy who a couple years ago people were saying is the future of the Nuggets. I remember that. This guy was on that Team USA team, and he was like the sixth man, that Energizer bunny coming off the bench. This guy was balling. And then out of nowhere comes Jokic. Then out of nowhere they signed Paul Millsap, and it's like, yo, you know what, man? And he was getting hurt here and there. And it's like, yo, you know what? Kind of just like we got to try to get what we can from him. And he signs with the Rockets, and they got that guy that they've been wanting opposite of uh, Clint Capella, that guy that could pick and roll, uh, slash to the rim and whatnot, and get his buckets like that. And, dude, he played 33 minutes, had 20 points, right? He, he 50% from three. He grabbed um, 10 rebounds, double-double. It's like, yo, you get that plus Capella too, plus P.J. Tucker, who, yo, I'm telling you, one of the reasons why the Warriors call to get Boogie Cousins, it's like, yo, Shady, we're soft as fuck down low. P.J. Tucker is 6'7", and he's bodying fucking three, four people to get rebounds. And and I've mentioned this maybe a couple weeks ago, but you have to give credit to Daryl Moore, the GM of the Houston Rockets, because they're very, 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 very limited financially right now. All of their money's in Capella, Paul, Harden, and, 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 and the list goes on. And he found a way to bring over some really valuable assets or valuable pieces, rather, in Austin Rivers and, and, and Kenneth Fareed. And essentially, you know, you'd look at that roster and you'd say, you know, there's no flexibility. And, and he made it work. So you got to give some credit to Daryl Morey because, because he, you know, he, he, pulled some, he pulled some feathers out of his ass. Yeah, yo, look, right now, so they only played three guys over 20 minutes. And it was Rivers, Green, Paul, Gordon, Capella, Fareed, and Tucker. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven names. Throw in Harden. Hey, you know what? If Harden could get a rest and you throw in Austin Rivers, I think that's good for the team. We talk about Chris Paul and his injury concerns. If I could spell you some minutes and have Austin Rivers in and he could run the offense and he's good defensively, Tim's infamous bar of uh, Austin Rivers being the Steph Curry stopper. So it's like, yo. <laughs> and the, tr- the centerpiece of a mellow trade. <laughs> the centerpiece. Of I still mellow- would have done that trade. <laughs> But, yo, guys, seriously, though, like having another guy that you could throw out there and be comfortable and have your team run through that, that's that only helps, especially with guys that have been injured in the past and have cost your team a chance to winning a championship like the Rockets last year. So I hope you guys enjoyed the Yo Deadass segment. Who knows if we'll bring it back. But before we wrap up, fellas, I want to play a little game here. Imp, you ready for this game? Let's get it. I'm over here. All right. I want you guys to close your eyes listening at home, and I want oh, you to I, envision. I, I started closing my eyes. Me too. My eyes are closed. It's 2024, fellas. We're, we're five years from now, and it's after the All-Star break, right? We're chilling. 
Yo, it's sick that it's only it's gonna be 2024 in only five years. That's fucking sick. Yeah. So it's gonna be five years from now. Tim, pick a team that's gonna be in the NBA Finals in five years. And oh, I want you to tell me tell tell me what you're factoring in. It this this is your team. Uh, what's the contracts like? Who you have going where? Let's you know. There's gonna be some guys that might be out the league. You know, Steph Curry's gonna be 37. 36, he's not going to be the same Steph. LeBron might be out the league. Who knows? So tell me what team you're picking and how you envision this roster being constructed. Oh, not only am I picking this team to be in the finals in five years, I'm picking them to be in the finals this year. Ooh. That's the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh. And I think they got a dynasty brewing because, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Giannis is the second best player in the NBA. He's not too far away from being the best player in the NBA. And right now he has nothing around him except Chris Middleton and a bunch of guys who could shoot. And Eric Bledsoe's a nice player. And Chris Middleton's a nice player. And Malcolm Brogdon's a nice player. And Miritich is a nice player. These guys are not superstars. And if they could go out and add someone like a Klay Thompson this offseason and a, and a guy who complements that kind of game because they aren't bogged down to these giant contracts right they have flexibility coming up in the next few years they just got to sign Giannis to a 500 million dollars deal if that's what it takes which and they then will. which they will and then they will and then they can build around him and I have trust in Budenhoser and his ability to build an offense around Giannis and build a little dynasty in Milwaukee like if if it could happen in a place like San Antonio, it can happen in a place like Milwaukee. If it could happen in a place like Golden State, it can happen in a place like Milwaukee. Like Nick and Impy love to talk about this, and, and that's because they're completely right when they say it doesn't matter what market you're in anymore. You are marketable no matter what. So if a player really wants to win and they really want to win bad and they want to play with the best player, Giannis is going to be the best player. So if he, if they can get like, I, if the Bucks get Clay Thompson, like that's going to be a real, that's going to be a problem. For a long, long time. So I think they got not only because they're good enough now with him and what they got around them, they're gonna be good enough. I got the Bucks. I am buying stock on the Bucks. Holy crap. Yeah. Really quickly, Bucks, eight and three. I, I so I like to call uh there, there's a, there's a certain group of the Eastern Conference. I call them the Eastern Elite. Milwaukee's eight and three. And, and I know we're talking five years down the line, but you mentioned that you have them in the Eastern Conference winning the Eastern Conference this year, and that's super fair. Milwaukee's 8-3 and three against the Eastern Elite, which is Philly, Toronto, and Boston, the other best teams in the East. So, I mean, look, whether this is five years down the road or right now, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, they're going to have to answer some big questions. Like, you got Bledsoe, you got Meritage, you got Middleton on an option, you got Brooke Lopez. You got some big names that are part of this core that Tim really likes, and I like too, man. They're going to have to see. But, yo, they also are going to have about, like, $40 million in cap space, too. And then two years from now, you're talking about $70 million in cap space. And that's already with Giannis on this extension where he's going to be making 27.5 per year. So it's yeah. not like Giannis is coming in cheap. So, yeah, that's I, I like I like that Bucks call. I like that Bucks my, call. My concern with the Bucks is, is – uh, They play in Milwaukee. So let's no, it's not even that. It kind of reminds me of, like – I don't know. I, I don't want to say like Otto Porter Jr. situation in Washington with like with Chris Middleton, but I don't think Chris Middleton's worth a max, but I think he could get a max on the open market. And my concern and my fear is them giving him the max. But with all due respect, he doesn't deserve it. And so go get your money, young man. I'm not going to tell you to not get that max, but I think giving him the max can kind of hurt this team five years down the line. So if you ask me, I wouldn't re-sign Middleton to the max. If you can get him at a 
a, maybe a discount or something like that, then of course. But my, my concern is Chris Middleton because I like him. He's a, he's a really good player, but I don't think he's worth max money. So I'm interesting to see. I'm interested to see how his free agency uh, uh, fares next year. That's a good point. Yeah, here's my thing. If I was an NBA GM and – you know, I'd be. You guys know how I feel about uh, players, and how I've said many times that I'd cut players at halftime, so I wouldn't be super popular with uh, players coming to my team. But, yo, man, if you can't be on an All NBA team, I don't feel like I should give you a max contract. And I know that kind of handicaps me, but it's like, yo, look at what the Wizards are going through right now, man. With, with the Otto Porter, well, when they signed Otto Porter at the time, they got rid of him. But it's like, you know. The Knicks went out and they gave Tim Hardaway a big ass contract. Joe Kim Noah, and it's like, yo, like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to give players that. Kind of, but then, granted, Middleton was an All Star this year, so it's just, it's just like what the the difference between what you'd pay someone and what the open market would pay someone is two totally are two totally different things. And I just think that the way this roster is constructed, like, you can go pay someone. You know, if Chris Middleton's going to get paid over $30 million a year, with all due respect, I'd rather go pay someone $15 million a year that could probably put up similar stats. That's fair. It's just, it's just you know, that's just kind of that's the fair. way I see it. That's fair. Um, What's your team, man? Five years from now, who you got? Man, don't call me a homer, but next uh, space for two max free agents this year. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of salivated over Mitchell Robinson earlier in the episode. Uh, Kevin Knox was in the Rising Stars game. Uh, he kind of hit a little bit of a rookie wall. He's not shooting that well, but I, I, I'm, I'm fully convinced that Kevin Knox is going to be a bona fide scorer going forward. I'm a fan of Frank Nilikina. He's going to be a lockdown defender. He's injured right now, but I'm just a big fan of what the Knicks are doing. Imagine they bring over K- KD. Imagine they bring over Kyrie. That you know, you know. The sky's the limit with this team, and and I'm smiling right now because it's the truth. This is my hometown team, and and there's a lot of positive momentum going forward. I don't care if Zion ripped through his shoe and sprained his knee. I'll take him with the first pick. Um, I'm a big fan of R.J. Barrett, maybe two or a three. So I, Dennis Smith Jr. has shined. Like there's a lot of positive momentum going for this team, although you know they're probably at the bottom. You know they're definitely at the bottom of the league. I'm just a big fan of of what they've been doing. Scott Perry comes in. Uh, he's the new GM. Uh, he helped build the Detroit Pistons uh, a championship team, which is the only championship team in NBA history that didn't have a, a previous or future whole, uh, um, MVP. Mm. So think about that. That's the only GM to build a championship team that didn't have what you'd call a bona fide superstar, and I'm a big fan of that. Um, and then he helped build this Kings team as well, who's you know who's kind of showing out as well. Um, so you know. Really excited about kind of, you know, the trajectory of the Knicks. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're at the top of the Eastern Conference in five years because Lord knows they've been at the bottom of the Eastern Conference for a really long time. A lot of pain in that rant, fellas. Yeah, man, you hear it it in my voice. (laughs) But, yo, look, I'm looking at the Knicks, like the payroll right now. Shout out to Basketball Reference, a tremendous (laughs) website if you guys haven't accessed that. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., 21, right? You got Nilakina, 20. You got... Knox, 19, Trier, 23, Mitchell Robinson, 20. You got a lot of young bucks, man, and, yo, they're not making shit. Like, Frank Nilakina's making $6 million in three years from now, like, annually. Yeah. They're not paying, and this is a nice young core, man. This is a nice young core. Look, it reminds me sort of of what the Lakers were with Lonzo as a rookie. Remember how, like, it was, like, him, Kuzma, Right, Ingram. and then you had Ingram too, and it's like, yo, this team with some veteran guys could make some noise, right? Yeah. Granted, they bring in LeBron. I think that I think where the Lakers really fucked up, and I don't want to get too sidetracked. I think it's the guys that they brought in. It was like McGee, yeah. 
uh, Rondo, the, Rondo, Lance Stevenson, uh, KCP. It's like, huh? Yeah. But anyway, enough about the Lakers. My team staying out west. Shout out to Impy. Bought stock in them way, way early in the preseason. Yeah, I'm going with the Denver Nuggets. They got Jokic under contract until 2023-24, right? Uh, Millsap's going to be off the books. I don't see him being on this team. He's already 34 years old. But look, Jokic's 24, Gary Harris 24, Jamal Murray 22, Michael Porter, who's been seeing some videos went viral of him doing like windmill dunks and behind the backs and shit. Let's not forget, guys, this guy was a consensus number one high school basketball player last year when he went to Missouri, and then he got hurt there. So it's like, yo, if this guy comes back healthy, why can't he be Ben Simmons next year? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Sat out his whole true freshman, uh, sorry, true rookie year. He sat it out, got NBA medical attention, NBA training, right? Sat back. He observed from the sidelines. It's different being out there. Ben Simmons said one of his big advantages in his first actual campaign with the Sixers was that he was on the sideline and he saw exactly how fast everyone's moving, how fast the NBA really is. That's what Michael Porter is doing right now, you know? And it's like, yo, they got some young guys like Malik Beasley, Monte Morris are playing some minutes for them too. They got a really young-ass core. And I think that this is a team to watch out for, man. Just watch out for And they got their big guy under contract. He extended in in the summer for five years. Max salary, he's making $142 million over the next five years, and he'll be there, Jokic, yeah. right? We were talking about him to start the show as a top five MVP candidate, so you have your your playmaker. And, dude, if you guys haven't watched Jamal Murray, if you watch 10 games of Jamal Murray, seven of them, you're like, yo, I wouldn't trade Giannis for him. Jamal I know Murray. I'm reaching, but I'm saying, like, he's had, he has those games. Where he's like, yo, is he the best guard in the West? And then there's other games like – Damn, son, this is a guy that might be in the two seed as a point guard for the Nuggets. So he's a little up and down, but there is a lot more ups than downs. And it also makes up for those down games because he plays at such a high level also. So I'm buying stock on the Nuggets. Everyone listening to the show, tell us what team five years from now you would buy your stock. Yeah. For sure. Fellas. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's an X factor for sure, man. That's a, that's a game changer. You add him to that team for sure. And the one crazy thing is just like it wasn't like he was – I know the video that you're talking about. And it wasn't like he was just throwing down these like these like like baby dunks. I think it was like a 360 windmill or not even a 360, but it was like a wild windmill where like full rotation arm. It, it looked like you know this guy didn't miss a beat. And let's not forget, like you said, Nick, he was – Probably, if not one of the top picks, gonna you know, but if he didn't get hurt, he would have been one of the top picks in the draft. I remember, like, kind of after like after Trey Young, Luca, after those guys went, it was like, at, at what point does does Michael Porter Jr. go? Because he fell to 14th, if I'm not mistaken, to where Denver's at. But it was just like at every pick, everyone was like, okay, is this Porter Jr.? Is this Porter Jr.? Is this Porter Jr.? And he never went. He just didn't go. He just didn't go. And then you know, Denver sitting in the second seed in the West now has arguably one of the best, you know, young players in the league if he puts it together. So I, I, I love I love the take. I love the pick. Yeah, borderline uh yeah, tail end of well middle of the draft. Middle of the draft is where they got him. Fourteen, I think. Yep. Yeah. Let's see, man. Let's see. Hopefully that guy gets healthy because man, that could be a dope ass uh crunch time lineup. Yes, that's your buzzword. That's the buzzword, man. I'm telling you, last five minutes, who's out there for you? You know, uh, last thing as we end up, man, Damian Lillard actually mentioned that exact thing. I don't know if you guys caught it, but he said, you know, I didn't start the NBA All-Star game, but I finished it. 
And, yo, Manu Ginobili all those years, he never started for the Spurs, but when it came down to it, he was out there with the boys. So that's where you really see the true value. Imp, you are correct. He was just confirming. Drafted by the Nuggets, first round, 14th pick. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening to episode 003 of the VMMBA show. Yeah. Uh, our special guest, our big man down low, uh, Timbo. Hey. Thank you, my guy. Uh, no where doubt. can they find you, man? At Tip on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. The uh, wrap-up is dropping later today for those of you who are who are uh, listening to this on Thursday. For those of you who don't know, the wrap-up is something where I just rap about the week in sports. Uh, so come check me check me out. and come. It's at, at Veterans Minimum. And lastly, I've been wearing boxers this whole time. Oh, I'm in, to know. I'm in compression tights, bro. I came back from the gym. I smell... <laughs> if you we were in the like studio, you, the gym. you got gym hair. Yo, you know, if we like were in the dried from sweat. Yeah, <laughs> yo, if we were in the studio right now, we'd have mad windows open, son. <laughs> My dog's not even fucking with me. She's nowhere near me, so that's how bad it is. If where can they find you? Uh, yo, they can find me uh, with all of my clothes on. Uh, I'm on my couch. I-M-P-Y-718. Uh, <laughs> you already know. Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, guys, much love. DMs are open. If you want to hear us talk about anything, whether it's an NFL show, NBA show, VM, MMA show, whatever it is, swing into the DMs and, and I'll get it on their radar. Guys, at the Lamb Show for your boy, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, at Veterans Minimum on Instagram and on Twitter. If you guys want to show some love, show some support to us, any little bit helps the show, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. Uh, check that out. We're offering some pretty cool stuff, man. We just wrapped up our top 25 under 25, which, by the way, ESPN did that for the NBA. They no just way. dropped their shit. Yeah, today, actually. Uh, hashtag. Get off our jock, ESPN. Jocking our swag, right? Uh, a couple more things I want to mention. Like Tim spoke about to start the show, the MLB show, every other Tuesday, him and Boss holding the reins. Tomorrow or today, like Tim mentioned, Thursday, you got the NFL show. A couple of uh, updates on what's been going on in the NFL. Big, big MMA card this weekend, UFC 235 in Las Vegas, headlined by John Jones and Anthony Smith. Boss and Joey are going to run that down. And fellas... That Monday episode was really, really exciting. Had a little NBA flavor to it. We'll leave it at that. But that's one of the funner episodes that we've had. So be on the lookout for that, too. Enjoy the weekend. Some fun basketball from the most dynamic backcourt in podcast history. And our special guest, the power forward, Tim. We'll catch you guys next week. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com